Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. We believe and are convinced that Jehovah God that we worship and serve is the creator of all things. In Revelation, it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. They were not created to be diverted for any other pleasure or anyone else's pleasure. For thy pleasure they are and were created. Which includes you. Because you were created. Mankind was created by him. So for his pleasure you were created. That is why you are his children. So it brings no honor, no pleasure to God when you use your life to glorify that which is against him or anti He is our creator. And in the book of Genesis, we see very clearly the account of creation. God went about creation with precision. He was intentional. He was specific. He was deliberate with how he went about creation because God is a God of purpose. And what he did in creation, it was to fulfill purpose. Everything has its purpose. So at the end of creation, God approved the work that he did. The Bible said that he saw that it was good. And when man was created, he saw that it was very good. And what God did was that God built success into everything that he created. As I said before, God was intentional in creation. And he never created anything at all to fail. So he built success in everything that he created. Whatever the thing needed to succeed, God put it in the environment of that thing. And that is very important because we as human beings, sometimes the very people who are supposed to help us with being successful, when we walk in the flesh, we chase them off and wonder why we're not successful. But God built success in everything that he created and you have to be aware to ensure that you embrace whatever God placed in your life to ensure that you are successful. So, when God created the fish, 
was not an afterthought. Because the fish needed the water for its success, for its survival. When he created the tree, the soil was already there because the tree needed the soil. Everything he created, he built success into it. When God created the animals, the grass was already there. Because the animals need the grass. And the very same thing is true with mankind. When God created man, just like everything else he created, he built success into man. Because man was going to be his representative. And everything, the fruit trees, the animals, the water, and all of that was already there when God created man. Interestingly, God put man in Eden. The word Eden means moment or presence. God put man in his presence because God wanted man to be successful. So one of the things that God built into man, he put it in his environment so he can be successful, was the presence of God. So it wasn't a mistake when God put Adam in Eden. God was intentional about it because God wanted man to be successful. In fact, if you read the New Testament now in John, he said, without me, you can do nothing. But he already set that up. So, so the big mistake Adam made that caused him to fail was when he disobeyed God and cut off the presence of God out of his life. So he was locked out of Eden because he disobeyed God. And now the very thing that was to enable him to be successful was separated from him. That's a very dangerous place to, to be in. When Jesus instructs us to seek the kingdom of God, it is for our success. It is not just that he wants to control us and, and bully us. No. He said seek the kingdom of God because he wants us to be successful. Remember now that from Genesis he put man in Eden in the, in the presence of God. So the kingdom is representing Eden or type of Eden in contemporary times. So when he said seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness he's talking about you cannot be successful without the kingdom because this is one of the main things that I built into man for man to be successful. So if you choose not to seek the kingdom, you do it at your own peril. You are aborting your success. I don't care what anything else look like out there. It doesn't matter what the devil is waving before you. Ain't no success. Ain't no real success outside of the kingdom of God. Because that's what God built into man to enable him to be successful. 
So it is very important when you seek the kingdom of God, it is to your advantage. It is important that we understand that it is to our advantage. It is for our success. It is not just to please God, but it is for our success here on earth. That is why when we read St. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, which is one of our key scriptures here, it says, when you seek the kingdom, all these things shall be added unto you. That's the success. Everything you want, all the necessities of life will be added unto you when you seek the kingdom because the kingdom is in your life to enable your success. Let's read St. Matthew chapter 6, verse 30. So it says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God because that's already designed as a part of the success mechanism of your life. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will happen? All these things shall be added unto you. Because it's a part of the success mechanism. God is serious about you being successful, but it cannot happen on your terms and conditions. It must happen on God's term and condition. I find in life that many times people are quick to enforce laws when others are falling short. When other people are not doing what they are supposed to do. Many people are quick to enforce the law. Pull them up as to what you're supposed to be doing. But when those very people or enforcers find themselves in position that they are not walking according to the laws, the principles of the kingdom. They seek reprieve. They seek understanding. You know, I was in this position and I'm, work, I'm going to work on it, but what else did you expect me to do with this and that and all that kind of stuff? What I am saying to you uh, is that it is important that we don't make excuses when we come up short of seeking the kingdom. The only proper resolution to that is to get back to basics and seek the kingdom the way God intended for it to be. It is very, very important. Stop making excuses when you're not walking according to the laws of God because if you make excuses, that is not going to fix the situation. You should hold yourself, I, I truly believe that you should hold yourself to the same level of accountability that you're demanding from us, or even higher. Don't seek reprieve when you are not obeying the laws of the kingdom, because what you're actually doing is that you're tampering with your own success. And sometimes, as I said, people approach the kingdom with that kind of mentality. You are supposed to do this. You are supposed to live right. You're supposed to walk in righteousness. But please understand my situation. Why I can't walk in righteousness right now. It don't work like that. The same level, the same standards, 
goals for all of us. Because here's the interesting thing. Many times when people don't walk according to the kingdom principles, according to the laws of the kingdom, I can't ex quite explain it, but they still expect the benefits of the kingdom. I don't know where that thinking came from. But the truth is, it doesn't work like that, my friend. It doesn't work that way. If you don't seek the kingdom, then you can't get the success of the kingdom. That is why Galatians now say, whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So you cannot demand of God that you have the benefits of the kingdom, but you don't live according to the kingdom principles. It don't work like that. I've gone to the ABM ATM machine to process transactions, and I mistakenly put a wrong digit. And that machine refused to process my transaction. It has no understanding that it was a mistake. It has no sympathy that is my account and is my card. I'm the right person, so just give me the money. No. It refuses to process the transaction because it is saying my code wasn't right. I don't recognize. It is the very same way that it works in the kingdom. If you practice anti-kingdom principles, then the kingdom cannot process blessings for you. You cannot put in the wrong code and get the right results. So the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things, and allow the kingdom to process your blessings, to process transactions on your behalf. And if you don't practice those kingdoms, then you have yourself to blame. You cannot blame the system. You cannot be upset with the system and believe it is not fair when you process or you abided by the wrong principles and you know those principles are not right. It's like you're going home and you gave your friend your house key and took hers or his. And when you got home, the key can't open your door. You can't be mad at anybody. You choose the wrong key. So if you choose the wrong key, you have to understand that the consequences come with that. And God is depending on us to walk according to his laws, his principles, so that heaven, kingdom, can process our blessings. In St. Matthew chapter 6.33, we just read, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. I want to remind you that the word seek in the Greek means seek and keep on seeking. So seek is not a one-time thing. It's not that you were in a 21 days fast and then you stop that and that concludes seeking. No, seek is continuous. It means seek and keep on seeking. So we already established one key in, in seeking the kingdom. Remember, we talked about what it looks like seeking the kingdom, that you should 
learn the principles of God and practice them in your life every day. That's all one way of seeking the kingdom of God. So yeah, we say seek the kingdom, but we want to bring it to earth level. How do I seek the kingdom? The way that we established so far, the first way of seeking the kingdom is to learn the principles of God and practice them, keep them active in your life. So for example, you go into a time of prayer, then you don't just pray one day and don't pray again. You have to continue to pray because you break through into different levels when you pray. And one season of prayer, one day of prayer might not take you through every level. So you have to seek the principles of God and continue to practice them. No one occasion will do. The second and most important way of seeking the kingdom is to seek the king. So the first way is to seek the principles. They're not necessarily in order. The second way here is to seek the king. If you want to find the kingdom, seek the king. Remember now that the king represents the kingdom. The king embodies the kingdom. The kingdom is a reflection of the king. So if you find the king, you find the kingdom. That is why if you look at the successful men in the Bible, whether it be Abraham, Moses, Jacob, Paul, they sought the kingdom. But in seeking the kingdom, they tried to build relationship with the king, tried to find the king. They seek out the king. So, Paul, in his latter years, quoted something in Philippians. He said, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering be made conformable unto his death. When Abraham was seeking and looked for the king in Genesis chapter 17, the Bible said God said to Abraham, walk before me and be thou perfect. He was looking for the kingdom and he was building relationship with the king. The king said, walk before me. Let me break that down a little bit. If, if you're from my generation and before, you probably would have likely experienced from your parents or grandparents occasions when they came for you at school or church or some little party function and they were not pleased because maybe they thought you should have been home before then or some reason. So walk before me and go home. You know, that's serious business there. And you're walking before that parent going home and somebody just says something to you on your hands up. I mean, you're still walking. Do you hear us walk before me? What's happening here? In other words, what they're saying is that you're on my terms and condition here. When Abraham heard that from God, he knew exactly what it means. God said, walk before me. In, in other words, follow my instructions. Follow my principles because we're going somewhere and no other condition, term or condition can take you there. Walk before me. 
And if you seek the Lord, you will find yourself in that position where he demands of you things that your flesh don't want to do. But every time you try to answer the flesh, Spirit of the Lord said, no, walk before me. And he keeps us going. If you want to find the kingdom, or if you want to be seeking the kingdom, seek the king. Because he is going to reveal the kingdom to you. So Jesus had his disciples. Peter was one of them that was in the inner circle. And Peter was always staying close to God, to, to Jesus, trying to learn things. And Jesus sent them out one day. And they came back and he sent them out to preach. And they came back and he said, Who do men say that I, the son of man? Some say Elias, some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he said, Who do you say that I am? Peter would have been standing, sitting at his feet, say, Thou art the Christ, Son of the living God. I've been seeking you, Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And then he goes on to say, No, I'm going to reveal the kingdom in even new dimension to you. I'm going to show you the kingdom. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. I'm going to give you access to new dimensions of the kingdom because you've been seeking. Paul got saved on the Damascus road and was in preparation mode for about 10 years seeking the Lord. God revealed dimensions of the kingdom to Paul that he never even dreamed. Seeking the kingdom cannot be a reality if you don't seek the king. You can't want the kingdom but don't want the king. A few things might work in your favor, but if you reject the king, you reject the king. So first, you seek the principles and not necessarily in order. Or one, you seek the principles and practice them. And two, you seek the king. And the motive has to be right. The motive must be right because Herod, when he heard about the birth of Jesus and all of that, he said to his wise men, go seek Jesus and bring me back word that I may come and worship him also. This is interesting because the wise men went to seek Jesus and they found Jesus, they found the kingdom and they were blessed but they were told, don't go back to Herod. You know, the principle of this is, if you want to find the kingdom, your friends can't seek it for you. You have to seek the kingdom yourself. If Herod wants to find the king, he must go seek the king for himself. I can't find the king for you. You have to find the king for yourself. And when you find the king, find the kingdom the kingdom will be revealed for you. So, don't take any comfort that, oh, the brethren are at the church praying and all of that and they're covering all of us, so you don't have to be involved. You need to seek the king for yourself. Because ain't nobody who can find dimensions of the kingdom 
on your behalf. You've got to find that for yourself. Now, in seeking the kingdom, as I said, great men of the Bible show that it is possible and that when you seek the kingdom, you will find the kingdom in measures that you wouldn't even imagine. Jesus himself said, come after me. He saw the disciples and said, come after me. What does that mean? Come seek me, follow me. Come after me, the king, and I will make you fishers of men. So if I go after him, that is not going to make you fishers of men. That is not going to bring you the success that God intended. It's going to bring me. The point I'm making is that if you want to find the kingdom, you have to seek the kingdom for yourself. You can't have somebody seeking it on your behalf because you can't find what they, they find. They can't find what you find. It is important to understand that the king is the center of the kingdom and God wants us to find the kingdom, so he wants us to seek the king. Now, no kingdom anywhere in history has members. It's a point I really want to get across. No kingdom anywhere in the history of creation has members. Kingdom of citizens. There is a big difference. Kingdom have citizens. Now I know that Paul used the word member or member about two or three times in writing in, in Ephesians or one of those books. But that is very interesting. When you look at that word member in the Greek, it, if you look it up in the Greek, it says uncertain affinity. They cannot even translate the word properly because it is not an original. Paul used the word member as what we call an allegory. He was using it to really paint a picture, a, a clear picture, get people to connect to what the reality is. So let me explain a little further because that is not even new in the scripture in terms of allegory. Jesus himself preaching said the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man who was looking for pearl. The kingdom is not a merchant man it, it is not about pearls in the earthly realm and all of that. He was very clear. He said it is like the kingdom of God is like a man searching for pearls. And he went on to complete the story that when he found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and invested in this one pearl typifies what the real situation is. He, Jesus used that as an example to give a clear picture of what the kingdom is. The kingdom is not 
the merchantman and the pearl that he found. But that was an explanation to give a clear picture of what the thing is. That's exactly what Paul was doing when he used the word men. He was the only one that used it. This is not, as I said, an unusual uh, situation. It is about giving you a clear picture. It was to explain the real situation. In fact, Paul understood this principle very well about citizenship because there were a few times when Paul got himself in trouble or he was in trouble. I wouldn't say he got himself in trouble, but they wanted to beat him and all that kind of stuff. And he pulled on his citizenship to say, listen, is it right to beat a Roman? And they had to back up. They had to go have consultation and eventually release him. So he understood very clearly the importance of citizenship. So Paul wasn't confused in the matter. He was explaining what the church is like to give a proper understanding to the believer. Now, why is this so important? Because, as I said, kingdom has citizens, religion has members. Religion produces system. And nothing is wrong with system in itself. But when it is to control you, that is a problem. Kingdom produce culture. That's why Jesus said in Jeremiah, the Spirit of the Lord said, the days will come that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And hear what he said, I will put my laws on their inward thoughts. And I will write them upon the tables of their heart. That word heart there, you know that's not your physical uh, heart behind your chest here. That word heart is talking about your spirit. So he said, I will put it in your spirit so that it will produce a lifestyle, a culture. Kingdom is about culture because God in leadership is not about control. It is about influence. And what culture does is influence what religion does is control so i want to remind you that you are a citizen of the kingdom of god here is the interesting thing about citizens and members members act on emotions citizens act on rights so you will find you go to the citizens association or religious places where they have members and people are up in all kinds of attitude members i just understand now why members meeting produce so much trouble because members deal with emotions citizens deal with rights so our sister transitioned yesterday now, if you serve the Lord in this life, did you know that it is your right as a citizen of the kingdom of God to go to heaven? It is not a privilege. I 
I'm saying it is not a privilege to go to heaven if you serve the Lord. It is your right as a kingdom citizen. Rights are different from emotions. And God wants you as a kingdom citizen, as you seek the kingdom and understand that you are a citizen of the kingdom, God wants you to demand your rights. Healing is your right. I know it might take some time to sink in, but I always encourage you to go and study the word. We're ready to have a discussion on But don't stay in that place where you just function on emotions, but never demand your rights. Because if the devil gets a chance, he will diverge. Kingdom is about culture. And God set that out from day one. In fact, when he taught the disciples to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The idea was that the culture of the high heaven would influence earth. God is about culture. God wants the culture of the kingdom to be alive in you. That's why Paul writes into the church again in Corinth. says, if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. All things are passed away. And now you're expected to live in kingdom culture. I'm trusting the Lord today that we will not give up on seeking the kingdom, that we will not give up on seeking the king of the kingdom, that we would never ever be settled with any dimension that we come upon at any season in our life. But for the rest of the, our lives, we will be in constant pursuit of new dimension of the kingdom of God so that we can climb into our very best over time and become all that God intended for us to be. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.